Master, we thank you for your son and the work that he's done on the cross. As we just celebrated the season of his birth, we know about the birth father that would be no cross. And for that, we're forever grateful that you decided to come down in the form of man to walk this earth and then to hang on a cross for our sins. God, again, have your way in this service. It's in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Because of you, because of you, title initially because of him, but I wanted to make it a little bit more personal where we're talking to God ourselves because of him. But before we get there, we want to just go over the occasion of Paul's letter to the church in Colossae. He was writing this letter to address the heretical teachings that were taking place. The teachings were destroying the church that Paul had went there to establish. It was being threatened and destroyed by the false teachings. There was a deceptive philosophy that was being taught that was perverting the gospel. They were believing that there were other supernatural powers that were involved in creation of the world and in the salvation process. And they wanted those processes and philosophies to be worshipped as well. They didn't want it to be solely fixed on Christ. Due to these heretical teachings, Christ was not the focal point of Christianity in the Colossian church. But we all know that salvation is solely the job of God, and through the shedding of his blood on the cross, it is only because of Christ that we are. It's because of Christ we are. They also believed the body to be inherently evil and the things of the world, so they were not wanting to be around people, being wanting to be around the world, but know that God created us and the world. God's creation was good. God's creation was good. It was because of the fall, now that some men are seen as being evil. But men do evil things. But initially, we were created good because we were God's creation. Our actions make us evil. But know that Christ is greater than any evil man can create or do. Paul also wanted to destroy the ritualism, asceticism, which was leading the church away from seeing Christ as a center point. And he wanted to lead them away from the false view of Christ. But we all know that Christ is pivotal in Christianity. If he's not at the center, there is no Christianity. If he's not at the center, there is no salvation. If he's not at the center, there is no church. Paul's writing was threefold. According to the commentator Curtis Vaughn, he wanted the church to know that he had a personal interest in their well-being and success. Paul was writing to them because he wanted them to be successful. He wanted them to succeed. He wanted them to continue to do right and do great for Christ. He also wrote them to warn them about the returning to the return from returning to the old ritualistic ways that were contrary to Christianity. Oftentimes, we always want to revert back to those things that we used to do, those things that are contrary to the teachings of Christ, because that's the way it's always been done. Just because that's the way it's always been done doesn't, does not mean that it's the right way or the right thing. So Paul is telling them, hey, I know that you used to do this, but this is contrary to the teachings of Christ. 
been a false, the last point that he wanted to make was he wanted to combat the false teachers, not by being combative with them, but by appealing to the glory of Christ. He wanted them to focus on what Christ had done for them and what Christ had done in their lives. That was the whole focus point of his, focus point of his message. He was focusing on the supremacy and sufficiency of Christ. In his epistle to the Colossians, Paul proclaims the supremacy and sufficiency of Christ. He was God's son, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness. This is from 1.14. Also know that he is the center of Christianity, the head of the church, and the image of God. He is the Lord of all creation. Without him, we are nothing. He is the reconciler of all humanity. He is the master of the universe. He man is not the master of the universe. Christ is the master of the universe. All power lies in Christ. Through the cross, he conquered evil, death, and the grave, bringing salvation to the world. He sits at the right hand of God. Because of him, we are. God, because of you, we are. Christ is the standard which all religious teaching should be measured. If it does not line up with Christ's teaching, then we should not be doing it. Our very existence should reflect Christ. When we analyze our life from the beginning until now, actually from the beginning of the world until now, it should all reflect Christ. We know that the world was created by Christ. He said before, he was the word, he was with God, he spoke. The world was created because of Christ. When we start from the beginning, Christ is the key. Creation is because of him. We are redeemed because of him. We are living because of him. Again, without Christ, we are nothing. We're nothing. Paul was encouraging the Colossian church to embrace their new life. There were virtues that Paul believed should be cultivated. Paul was calling the church to show love. The love that God showed them. The love that God has shown us. Paul was calling the church to keep the peace within the church. He said there's no need for infighting in the church. And then the final thing, Paul, Paul was calling them to do it all in the name of Christ. He said you're not doing this for you. You're not doing this for the chapel by the sea. You're not doing this for your church back home. You're doing this in the name of Christ. You're loving in the name of Christ. You're serving in the name of Christ. You're doing mission work in the name of Christ. When you do it in your name, it's for your glory. But when you do it in the name of Christ, it's for his glory. This brings us to the message today because of him. But as I said before, I want to make this a little bit more personal. I want each and every last one of us to talk to God. We need to all say, God, because of you. Because of you, we are. Because of you, God, I am. And because of you, God, we can. Because of you, God, I can. Because of you, God, we will and we must show the world your son, Jesus Christ. Because of him, we are. Because of him, I am. Where would I be 
without Christ? Where would you be without Christ? That's a question that we all should ask ourselves periodically. I do know for a fact that one answer is the same for all of us. We would all be on our way to eternal torment without Christ. But God saw fit to step in. He saw fit to step in to save us and to redeem us. So we all have one thing in common without Christ. We would all be on our way to hell. But we can take it to a larger scale. Without him, there would be no universe. Without him, there would be no world. Without him, there would be no dinosaurs for us to argue about whether they existed or not. Without him, there would be no Big Bang, no creation accounts that we're arguing about whether it's a young earth or an old earth. Without him, there would be no us. The world simply is because of him. We are because God saw fit to create us from the dust of the earth and breathe into our nostrils life. He saw fit to create us. He created us in his image. He decided to make male and female because he saw that it was good, wasn't good for man to be alone. He decided to make us companions. And we're able to sustain ourselves because God created fruit and herb yielding plants and animals for us to survive off of and to live off. Because of him, we are redeemed. We were well on our way to death. But God stepped in and provided a plan for redemption. Our actions probably were worthy of death. Because of him, our death sentence was commuted. We received an eternal pardon. Gubernatorial and presidential pardons are great, but they rank nowhere in comparison to God's pardon accomplished on the cross. God's pardon on the cross is the best pardon that the world could receive. Because of him, we are forgiven. Your sins past, present, and future are forgiven. When God decided to hang on the cross, they were forgiven. Paul wanted the Christians in Colossians to know that this is why you need to live like Christ. This is why people need to see Christ when they see you. Because of Christ, we are forgiven. No other God of supernatural power has provided us with redemption or forgiveness. Paul wanted them to know that it's only because of God that you are forgiven. It's only because of God that you are redeemed. There is power in forgiveness. It breaks yokes of bondage that our past binds us with. Nothing that is done in the past can outweigh the power of God. Forgiveness breaks that yoke. Know that you are forgiven, and it is only because of him. Because we are, know that we can. Because of him, we can. Because of him, we exist. And because we exist, we can. In order to do, we must first exist. We're here, but because of Christ, we can do more than simply exist. We live because Christ lived within us. Christ has given us the power to do so. He said that we would do greater things than he had ever done. Christ has given us that power. And know that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. 
Whatever you want to do, know that you can do it. Know that you can accomplish it if you lean on Christ's power. If you don't lean on your own power, you solely lean on Christ's power, you can. Because of Christ, we can face tomorrow. We no longer have to be susceptible to fear. We no longer have to live in fear. We are truly more than conquerors. And know that when we are weary and the world begins to weigh on us, we have a place to, to go for healing, to allow us to face tomorrow. Christ said, come unto him, all ye that are heavy laden. He said he was calling us to come to him so that we could face tomorrow. He's called us to himself. His desire is to give us rest. Because he did and he died, we can face tomorrow. When it appears to get tough, just look to the cross. Look to the cross and the blood that has been shed for you and I. Know that we can face anything because Christ faced the cross. And because of him, we can turn the world upside down. You have 11 men initially who turned the world upside down, spreading Christianity. If 11 can do it, just think about what the 60 of us can do. With the power of Christ, we can go boldly into the world and present the world the testimony of the gospel of God's grace. His redemption, his forgiveness, his son on the cross. For you and I, because of him, we can go into the uttermost parts of the world and proclaim the good news of his son. We, we can proclaim to the world that Christ has died for all. All you have to do is believe on him and confess with your mouth that he is Lord of Lord and King of Kings. Christ died for the world. It's our job to show the world Christ. Because of him, our possibilities are endless. Because of him, we will and we must. Because of him, we must show the world the love that God showed us. We're only here because of God's election of us. Therefore, we must be witnesses for God. We're not here because of anything that we have done. We're only here because God decided to choose us. He chose us by coming down to the world and hanging on a cross for you and I. It's nothing that we have done. He did everything. But what we should do is live a life according to his teachings and his principles. Paul wanted the Christians at Colossus to know that they were all that they were because of God. And they owed a lifetime of gratitude to God. Not that we could ever repay God for what he's done for us. But we can repay him by showing the world his love. Showing the world the way to his son. And then it's all up to God after that. But people come to Christ when they look at you and I. We are walking epistles to the world. He called them to live holy. Paul said, you guys need to devote yourselves fully to Christ. We're called to be devoted to God because we are his chosen elect. You want the world to see the reflection of God in you. If you're saying that you are the chosen elect and you live like a heathen, it's not a good reflection of being created in the image of God. 
Holiness is the essence of the Christian walk. I'm not saying self-righteousness. I'm saying holiness, trying to live and walk and talk like Christ. We will always fall short because we are in Christ. There was only one perfect being that was created, and that was Christ, that walked on the face of the earth. We simply must strive to be like Christ day in and day out. We must show the world around us the love that he showed us. I cannot tell you how to live. But if Christ has been good to you, if God has been good to you, and the Holy Spirit has guided you, we all know what it is to be loved. We all know what it is to live and to show love. I can't tell you how to live. But if you love Christ, and you're devoted to Christ, we already know how to live. We must love our neighbor as we love ourselves. How can we say that we love Christ and we despise our neighbor? That's what God, Christ, has called us to do. He boiled all of the Old Testament laws down to two. He said, love your God with all your mind, heart, body, and soul. Then he said, just love your neighbor. All of those laws from Leviticus, all of those laws are boiled down to two. He said, if you do these two things, you're living holy. So living holy isn't hard. It's fairly simple. It's only two things to do, to love God and to love your neighbor. Paul has called the church to be unified. We make the greatest impact when we're unified. Taught a class to some Marines and also taught a lot of leadership classes on unity. When you're unified, you can do great things. When you're fragmented, the mission is going to fail. The church will fail. There are many different flavors of Christianity and has, there have been many fragmentations that have happened because of differences in beliefs. But I will say that we all must be united by a few simple tenets. That's Christ, the Trinity, and the cross. The path to salvation rests in Christ alone. In this room alone, we have Episcopalians, Presbyterians, Baptists, Pentecostals. All of us believe a few different things, but I can guarantee you that we all hold that Christ was born of a virgin. He walked this earth and died on the cross. Shed his blood for you and I. We all believe that the Holy Spirit is here with us, with us and guiding us. We all believe that there's a God here. And we all believe that the path of salvation alone rests in Christ. So with all of the different flavors that we have in this room, we all know how to represent Christ. And all that we do, we must do it in the name of Christ. And in closing, remember that all power lies in Christ. All power. And that he had all power in his hands. He controlled the grave, he controlled the heavens, he controlled the earth. There's nothing that was done without him. He had the power when he was hanging on the cross to call a legion of angels to save him. But because he had all power, he decided to give up the ghost. It was not taken from him. He gave up his life. He has all power over the elements. He has all power. 
when we want to do something great, when we want to do great things, we don't lean on our own power. We lean on the power of Christ. We can face tomorrow despite the fear that may be inside of us. We can face tomorrow despite the animosity that may come up before us when we lean on the power of Christ. Christ is the example that we must all follow. We must walk like Christ. We must talk like Christ. We must live like Christ and love like Christ. The world will be a better place. Then other people may really ask that question to you when you walk around. You may not even have to proselytize or do anything else just by your sheer actions alone. Someone may ask you the question, what must I do to be saved? Or they may ask you the question, what is it about you? I'm going to tell you what it is about me. It's about the Jesus that's on the inside of me. That's why I walk like this. That's why I talk like this. And that's why I love like this. You too can experience the same thing. All you have to do is believe on him. Believe that he died for you and rose again on the third day. Christ is the example that we must all follow. And know that because of you, God, we are. We, are, we exist. We are redeemed. We are forgiven because of you. Because of you, God, we can. We can face tomorrow. We can face the pains of this world. We can do anything because of you, God. And God, because of you and the work that you've done on the cross, we must. We must show the world love. We must show the world your son, Jesus. We must love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And we must put the other God before you. Because of you, God, we must do those things. And God, we will do it all for your glory. God, because of you, we are. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we know that because of you, we are. We're, able, we're here today in the flesh because of you, Father. Father, we know that the loved ones who have gone on to pass to be with you in glory, Father, they're there because of you. They're there because of their relationship with you, Father. And we can rejoice in knowing that our loved ones are passed on resting in heaven, shouting glory, glory, glory. God, because of you. God, because of you, we can go out into the world and share the gospel of the good news of your Son, Jesus Christ. That he is the redeemer of the world and the forgiver of sins. He's the restorer of hope. He's the healer, the redeemer, the comforter. God, because of you, we're able to face the world. And God, I pray that when we all leave out this door, that everything that we do, we do it for you. We do it for your glory. And when people see us, they see the face of you, Father. They see the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.